Art of the Kickstart, Episode 75. Welcome to the Art of the Kickstart.com, where entrepreneurs are constantly pushing the envelope to build businesses of greatness. Inventors are innovating, creating the products of the future, and backers stand strong for what they believe. These are some of the great thinkers, inventors, and leaders of our time. Here are their stories. Guys, one of the questions that I've been getting a ton from listeners is how do I know if my Kickstarter campaign is absolutely ready to launch? It's ready to dominate. So you know what? I created a 23-step success guide based off the 80 inventor interviews that I've done. This will take you step-by-step through launching your Kickstarter campaign, making sure you have everything that you need to make it happen. Artofthekickstart.com slash checklist to get our 23-step guide to making sure you're ready to kill it on Kickstarter. Check it out, guys. Hey, guys. Welcome to Art of the Kickstart. Today, we've got Vinod Nair on the line to share the story of Soft, the company that's basically saving your clothes from absolutely awful stains everywhere. Thank you so much for coming on today, Vinod. I have such a problem with this, and I'm excited to talk to you. <laughs> Thank you, Matt. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's been a pleasure, and it is a pleasure, actually, Yeah, so to, to be here and talking with you. So we were talking a little before the program. You're definitely an entrepreneur, so I'm excited to hear what you say about this. Our first question is always a life quote, a success quote, something that you think others could benefit from. What's your favorite? Uh, uh, well, I'm a sucker for commencement speeches, right? So the I think this year there was one from by Jim Carrey, I think. Very moving speech, right? And you, yeah, and uh, I don't remember the quote per se, but really, you know, he talks about his father and about him, you know, being an accountant while he actually wanted to be a, be a comedian, and then getting fired as an accountant. So the message he wanted to get across was, you know, do what you truly love. You know, it's better to fail doing what you love than to fail at what you don't love doing, right? Because he, failure can happen either way. So that's I thought that is a, that's a very it's a very good speech and I thought that's a very very good quote as well. Absolutely, you're going to fail regardless of what you do. You might as well have it be something you enjoy. What do you enjoy yeah. doing, Vinod? I know you're an entrepreneur at heart. Yeah, so I mean, you know, so yeah, exactly. So I um, I enjoy technology, right? And I think you know my my background is chemistry, and uh, I spent um, pretty much a big part of my life working at Intel. So you know, I, I enjoy you know creating stuff, you know, starting new businesses, working on difficult problems. That's really what I, what gets me going. So take us through some of the dynamic differences between startups and big companies like Intel. What have you found? So you know, Intel is, again, it's, you know, it's, it's you know, I guess uh, it's not a monolith in that sense, right? So I worked in the, in the fab. The fab is a fabrication facility where you actually make those chips. I worked as a process engineer and I can definitely talk about that part a whole lot more than on the, let's say, on the design side, right? So very structured, very disciplined, you know, would be the words to how I would describe my work at Intel. And uh, the startup is really about taking risks, right? And I think in the sense uh, that, you know, the informed risk-taking partner, sometimes you just have to kind of have the leap of faith. You know, so that's the one big difference. You, know, you just never have the resources that you have when you're working in a large company. But working in a large company does prepare you very well for working in a startup because I think one thing you know that I would always make sure was that I'd always be looking for data, always making sure that wherever possible I could make data-based decisions, right? So it, in some ways, working in a big company 
helps, if you're very careful, right, you know, it will help you do well as an entrepreneur in, in a startup kind of an environment. So a startup environment, we got you on here to talk about soft. You guys raised $75,000 on Kickstarter. How did you get into this? Take us through your background in becoming part of the startup with Greg. Okay, yeah. So actually, I've known Greg for over seven years now. And the way that I met Greg was, I actually was pitching a version of soft to companies like Clorox and others in that space. Uh, But seven years back, it was... um, a cool nanotechnology-based, in you know, a silicon nanotechnology-based product, and we wanted to implement stain repellent through the laundry, right? And that's how I met Greg. That technology proved very hard to implement in the laundry. Laundry is just a very, very difficult place to do chemistry. But I pivoted that plan, and you know, we got venture backing for essentially self-cleaning solar glass, right? So, so that's how you know. So I did that for three years, and about last November is when Greg approached me saying, hey, he's now retired from Clorox and he's got this cool patent that Clorox assigned to him and would I want to be a part of it, right? So, and that was the beginning of the journey. And uh, the Kickstarter was really a, the culmination of about a year's work, I would say. And it's about nine months work to, in terms of getting everything ready. Yes, yeah, but nine months to, yeah, two years work. So I want to get into the story in a sec, but first you're running this startup and you're building material for solar companies. How do you know when it's time to, why, why jump ship? Take us through that mindset, because that is something for entrepreneurs. When do you cut bait? When do you jump? When do you go for something new? Okay, yeah. So yeah, in this case, I always knew, I knew it was a, you know, I wanted to solve this problem about the stain in law. It's a huge, huge problem, right? It is not, you know, we can get into the vision behind soft later, but really in terms of leaving my other company, it was the timing was right in many ways because I was working there and you know, I founded a company, was a CTO. We actually pretty much did everything that we needed to do on the technology part and the product development part. It was mostly done, right? And on the sales front, what happened was that the thesis behind the company, you know, when we started, there was a very healthy, pres- you know, solar presence in the Bay Area, in the Valley, right? And all that disappeared, and uh, pretty much, you know, if you were doing, if you, you know, your customers all ended up mostly being in China, right? So that meant um, a bit of a, a different challenge when it came to customer acquisition. You know, we're a materials company, so really very high IP, and consequently, you know, high price, but really high value as well, right? So I think uh, so. It was, a, it was a tougher sale for us, and you know, so that's the reason where. I decided to kind of move on was um, because this, uh, you know, when Greg approached me, the timing was just right, right? Because whatever I needed to do, it would have been great to kind of stick around and get the exit, right? But I think uh, this one, uh, the exit, you know, would still, I'm hopeful, still will still happen. Uh, we have a fantastic team out there uh, working hard every day. So, and I go there once in a while, you know, if there are, they have tough problems or any technical advice that they need, you know, so... But mostly, and I, I wanted to, to work on this, right? So, and uh, when Greg approached me, the timing was just, just perfect. So it was perfect timing, and it was actually a, a good split. You're still part of the team. You're still yeah, somewhat involved. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. soft, this is a really revolutionary product. It essentially, it's like armor for your clothes, protecting you from, from issues, basically, right? How does it work? And take people through that a little. Okay, so now soft 
we call soft as a superhero of fabric softeners, right? And I think the the reason we do that is because you know we we take the the very you know it's an interesting product in a that a lot of people use in the laundry, and we take that and turn it into something much more magical. Right? Stains are really what what I say is. Uh, both an unmet need and an unarticulated need. Unarticulated mainly because we, we're all taught how to deal with stains. You know, you use a pre-treater or, a, you know, something else to go ahead and remove the stains. So the idea that there can be a world where stains are not normal, you know, I think, or, you know, that's fantastic world to believe in, right? To think that we can get there. So our product is a fabric softener that would be used just like any other fabric softener. You know, you would put a product in the rinse cycle in your washing machine. You take your clothes out, you dry them in the dryer, and once you take it out, your clothes, it's like magic has happened, right? You you drop coffee or wine, and your sail just roll right off. So it's a, we're only taking advantage of the, of the, the surface and, you know, just binding our molecules to the surface of the fabric. So things like breathability are not affected, and the customer also gets the the softening benefit, right? So it truly is a superhero of fabric softeners. It is absolutely magical to watch it happen. It's not something you would ever expect. I have a hard question for you. It seems like your campaign was really well done. You have that magical product that everyone could benefit from. Why did you only raise 75000 It seems like it should have done a lot more, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, it's a fair question. And I would say that, you know, there are many parts to that, I think. So 75, you know, so it met our goal. We did, you know, raise 75K. It, we didn't, there was a fair amount of, I guess, even self-doubt inside, internally, right? Because essentially, we're selling a laundry product, right? If you kind of think about that, you know, it's, it's just not, a, the Kickstarter is, a, is really about. It's not sexy. Yeah, it's not sexy, right? You know, you can, it's the last thing that, you know, it's, it's a chore for for most of us, at least, right? It's a chore, so. And so, yeah, we thought it would be challenging to raise money on Kickstarter, but we we wanted to answer certain questions, and we that's the reason we actually decided to do Kickstarter. So, you know, it would have been fantastic if you had raised half a million dollars, right, you know, or a million dollars. But in here, you know, we, we had to be realistic as well, I think, in terms of where we were as a team. You know, our focus is mainly technology, and we we worked hard to get – the message right in the video, but then you would know Matt very well that you know the key one of the key parts is really you know PR right, and that's kind of where we did not do as much before the campaign. We just we we didn't have the time right, and uh, getting the campaign out was equally important in this time frame. So some sacrifices were made. Completely yeah. understand. It's something that happens to so many campaign creators. And this this feels like a QVC product, something that has to be demonstrated in order to be effective. What are you guys looking at now that your campaign funded a couple months ago? How are you going forward? So the the plan really was to to use Kickstarter to check right certain hypotheses, and that included you know things like pricing and feedback. So we got that done, right? So the next step is going to be online sales, and therein you know, it's going to be. Again, kind of checking and really making the message even, uh, you know, I guess I would say even more targeted would be the right way to put it. And finding what what about soft exactly resonates with the consumer, right? So it's we look at it as much, much bigger than just stain prevention. We, you know, we look at the at soft as having the ability to actually just to disrupt laundry as we know it, right? So we have much higher aspirations 
behind soft does. So after having done that, you know, the the online sales, the next step maybe, you know, a QVC or a direct response TV combined with our e-commerce, right? And probably, you know, about Q4 of next year might be what we just think about, yeah, you know, going retail probably. That would be the way that I would think about it. That's a, that's a pretty solid plan. Who have you found to be your ideal customer segment? Take us through how people can do that and figuring out exactly which market to target. Yeah, I think uh, so. That's a you know, it's a it's a key one. I think for 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 all of us to find out. And we, you know, this it's an area that we have to actually get better at. Is what I would say. You know, we we know a bit more about our customers through Kickstarter, but I would say we still have to learn a lot more. And that's an area really what we want to actually go forward doing would be just to kind of really find out what about us resonates with, with with the customer. And who is that customer who's absolutely, absolutely has the pain point today, right? We have to figure that out. You know, I think we haven't done that yet. The two that jump to mind automatically for me are moms that have little kids because little kids are always making stains. They're always screwing up their clothes and it would protect them. And then girls that have high-end clothes. Could this protect stuff along those lines where, oh my gosh, I don't want to have my shirt ruined kind of deals? Oh, I mean, absolutely. I mean, so soft works on any clothes that are machine washable, right? So I think the this is, you know, I think you're hitting on some key points there, right? Um, one of the things that we have found is that the lack of control that consumers feel, right? Uh, that when they when it comes to expensive clothes, they feel that the only way that they can wash their clothes is by taking it to a dry cleaner, right? And in many instances, the dry cleaner, it does also employ wet cleaning in the sense that they have their own washing machines, right? So, but there is this, quote unquote belief that taking it to the dry cleaner would somehow get the clothes cleaner and retain the finish, right? So for those people, we want them to have the option to to I guess make the clothes keep looking new at home. And we would also target the dry cleaners, right? I think they become an interesting market as well because for them, treating stains is pretty labor intensive, right? You know, sorting clothes, separating them, all of those are pain points for them. So we wouldn't mind selling it to them as well. You wouldn't mind selling to anybody. That's how it works. That's an yeah, yeah. I want to jump into the launch round now. How's that sound, Vinod? Sure, sure. Yeah. Welcome to the launch round, where we take our guests through a series of rapid-fire questions geared towards unlocking the inner inventor and entrepreneur in all of us. Get ready to blast off and unlock your inner potential. Let's do this. So my first question for you, Vinod. As an entrepreneur who's clearly done this before, what are the biggest mistakes that you see other entrepreneurs making? I mean, okay, so I would say, you know, always test your product, right? Uh, you know, get the consumer to use your product and get feedback. We will learn a lot just by that simple exercise. Don't really? build something that nobody wants. Lean startup right there, guys. Check it out and listen to it. Next question, Kickstarter, crowdfunding. What are some campaigns that really stood out to you guys, made you excited about getting on the platform? Uh, the one that I really liked, and it, it is really coolest, and I think the reason that I like it is, is you know, it's not because, of course, it's because it raised a lot of money, but I think mainly to look at that and see, right, how somebody failed at the first attempt, and they could just go back and rejig the message, re, you know, recreate the marketing, and then do phenomenally well, right? I think uh, so. It's it's a pretty inspirational story for anyone doing Kickstarter. The Ryan Gippers, you know, the, the coolest, right? You, you know what I'm talking about. Oh, of sure. course. Everyone knows. What you're, yes, yeah, that is yeah, yeah, such yeah. a great campaign. We're doing everything we can to get him on the program. But yeah. Oh, oh fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. 
So my, my next question for you, Vinod, you have more of a technology and a business background. What do you see in terms of crowdfunding and how it's going to impact product creation, business creation, and technology development in the next 10, 20 years? Yeah, Kickstarter is a fantastic platform. Uh, I mean, at the end, you know, you combine 3D manufacture, you know, the 3D printing uh, with uh, crowdfunding, and suddenly, you know, we have a lot of interesting options coming up, right? So, you think, yeah, I could definitely see crowdfunding totally, totally create the the entrepreneurial bug, right? If, you know, we all love to create, and uh, this is just a forum for for testing out markets, getting consumer approval. I think, you know, I'm pretty sure that you know the for anything that is quote unquote tangible, right? There would be a pressure, even though the price might be high, for a consumer good to have it first checked out using a mechanism like you know like Kickstarter, because I think it doesn't matter what size of the company that you have. It could be a startup, you know, it could be even a big company. I can see this play a very, very big role in just product development and getting quick feedback. Absolutely. And I'm hearing some about VCs forcing companies to go to crowdfunding pre Yeah, pre- yeah I mean, yeah, yeah. Right, right. I mean, it's, it's a very reasonable ask, right? Because a lot of times the question is, hey, will somebody buy this product? Right. So. Yes, it's a beautiful way to test your products. And my last question for you, we ask this to every entrepreneur in the launch round. Business books, life books, or resources that have been really influential on you, what would you want to share with people? Huh. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> so I don't, you know, so I can say that for the last three, four years, I've been just totally, totally immersed in, in doing my own startups uh, and have not really, yeah, had much of a, you know, of a life outside of that. But, uh, you know, I, I, yeah, I would say that, you know, just reading about fantastic entrepreneurs, you know, whether it is Steve Jobs or Zuckerberg or Gates, you know, or, you know, they're, they're life stories, and it's not a straight line, right? Entrepreneur, the, there is, you know, a lot of glamour, perceived glamour in doing a startup, but really a lot of it is just so much just blocking and tackling and hard work. And so, and if you're a startup, you know, you're, yeah, I always say, you know, you're, you're just one meeting away from disaster. You know, you just, there's just so much lack of control and so much dependency on the external environments. So having said that, so that's kind of, you know, just, reading just I, not necessarily books but really about you know their stories right their blogs you know andreessen's you know mark andreessen's another one you know I, I enjoy reading his blogs now of course you know he does his tweets um, but yeah i mean it's uh it, that's kind of reading about what other entrepreneurs are doing and writing that's really how i keep myself motivated you're crushing my hopes of the overnight success we nod you're making it sound <laughs> actually difficult let's jump out of the launch round let's go back yeah. to you guys your campaign funded a couple months ago what would you yeah. do differently? What would you change? What would you tell inventors that are looking at launching their own campaigns now? Is it so? As I said, you know, the 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 one thing that we could have done better was really to to have this pre Kickstarter PR, right? And I think you know, it's I just don't know how well it would have mattered anyway. I think mainly because it's laundry is not sexy to write about, right? Nobody, you know, if you just look at media, you know, what people, you know, the bloggers who, you know. You, it's just uh, hard to get people to write about this. So I don't know if it would have made a difference, but if I would have liked to have tried and still failed, right? I allowed myself 42 days for the campaign just for being able to do these things. So that, yes, that's what I would do, you know, is to have a, have a PR strategy, do that PR before the campaign launches, and see if you can get people to write about you and your product before the launch itself, right? I think 
that could just be huge because ultimately that's what's going to be the make or break. The second one is on the team side. We still lack a really fantastic marketing person who's just great at utilizing new media. And that's something that at a pretty, you know, a deep love, deep understanding of Facebook and Twitter and these platforms and how they can be used. So that's where I would probably say that the entrepreneur should focus on to have finding somebody in their team. So to summarize, right, two parts. One is try to see if you can do great, you know, try, do PR, a coordinated PR campaign before the campaign. Second is have someone with just fantastic marketing pedigree in your team. And I'm talking about not the the traditional marketing, but really about reaching out to the online communities, right? So, Yeah, one thing I would really like to see with you guys, you could create a great viral marketing style campaign. Go to malls, purchase the most expensive pieces of clothes you have there, and then do just pop-up displays where you show people right after you buy the clothes using your product and no stains, just kind of things along those lines, videos, uploading that to YouTube. That's the kind of stuff that gets people really excited where you put your money on the line and just like a low pressure situation. I think that that could be really cool for you guys. But I want to thank you for coming on today, Vinod. You've been such an awesome guest to have on. I have one last question, one thing. What would you leave people with from this interview? One thing that they can look at to help them become better entrepreneurs? I would say, you know, really, if, if they can treat the journey as a reward, entrepreneurship is just a fantastic way to express yourself. So that's really what I would want to leave them with, you know, that in the end, an act of entrepreneurship is also an act of creativity. You're telling your, your own story the way that you want to tell your story. So as long as you believe in your story and think that the journey is really the reward, I think you know, you, you'll be happy. Absolutely. There is. If life's a game, do you really want to get to the end first? Thank you so much for coming on today, Vinod. I got to give you a chance. Where can people connect with you? Why should they check out Soft? Why is what you guys are doing absolutely magical? Yeah, I mean, this is the, uh, this is really the key question, right? So they can get in touch with me over email, vinod at nirvanatext.com or um, info at soft, S-O-F-F-T dot C-O are two ways they can get hold of me. They can also, I'm, I'm on LinkedIn and happy to connect with people who have questions about Kickstarter or in general entrepreneurship or anything that I can help with. Happy, happy in general to share what I do know. But the second part of your question, right? You know, the soft, this is kind of what it is. The soft is, is the beginning of a journey when you talk about sustainability in laundry, right? So stains are, it's pretty cool to think about, hey, you know, my clothes are never going to get stained again. But then when you think about the implications, that's when, you know, you, it's staggering. Right. Think about the implications of walking down your Kroger or Safeway or Target, one of the any of the supermarkets, right? Your laundry aisle, right? Think about the impact of the the detergent section shrinking by fifty or seventy five percent. You know, what would that mean? Right? Think about the fact that today, you know, we we do four hundred loads of laundry every year. This is what every household does. What happens if you can cut that by fifty percent? Right. Uh, think about that. Okay, you know that today the amount of money that we lose due to loss, due to stains on clothes. That's about you know we estimate that it's about 22 billion or so for the United States. And the total market for detergents for uh, and fabric softeners and additives is about 11 billion dollars. Right. So we essentially we lose 2x the amount of money in clothes uh, rather than more than what we spend on detergents. Right. So all of those kind of point to a huge disruption that could be coming if we do this right. It could just be 
hugely meaningful for our customers to have that experience. And you know, as we learn, you know, this could be a magical journey. And it could help so much with sustainability and some of the eco issues we're yeah. facing. Yeah, absolutely. So you guys, you guys heard it here first. Soft is changing the world, and next year it sounds like they're going to be an eleven billion dollar company, right from the mouth of <laughs> Vinod. Right. Thank you yeah, so much right. for coming on, Vinod. You've been such a great guest. You've shared an awesome story, and I'm sure people are going to want to connect with you and take a ton away from the interview. Thanks. Okay. Thank you, Matt for the opportunity and wish uh, all of your listeners uh, very well and all the success uh, in their entrepreneurship journey. Yeah, guys, thanks for listening in. Build something amazing. Come on the podcast and share it. That's the goal. Thanks so much, guys. Hey, guys, I'm your host, Matt Ward, and I want to thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Art of the Kickstart, where we believe inventors, innovators, and entrepreneurs are changing the world and bringing humanity forward into the future. If you like the ideas in this episode, or you're interested in learning more about crowdfunding and how to kill it with your own Kickstarter campaign, you can check out more at artofthekickstart.com. And if you've been listening to the show, love the episodes, but you're not subscribed, that's got to change. You can go to artofthekickstart.com slash iTunes or slash Stitcher and get the episodes delivered magically to your phone. And if you like the show, I would love you forever if you leave a review on iTunes. It helps more aspiring inventors and creators out there find the show and find the information they need to kill it on Kickstarter. Until next time, thanks for tuning in, guys, and have an absolutely epic day.